Welcome to Yellow and Brown Tales, Asian American Folk Life Today, a podcast where we give voice to the expressive culture of Asian American life, such as tradition, identity, food, and more. Welcome to this episode. This is Juen Zhang, a co-host of this podcast. Today with me is Roro Hutchinson, who is a student at Willamette University. Hello, Roro. Thank you for your willingness to talk with me on this topic. Hi. Roro, well, I know you quite a bit. So could you introduce yourself to our audience? Absolutely. Hi, I'm Roro. I am a junior at Willamette University. I major in Chinese studies, and I'm from Portland, Oregon. Great. Today, I think we can first focus on the film Shang-Chi, and then as our conversation goes, we can talk about something else related. So, Roro, when did you watch this film, Shang-Chi? So I watched Shang-Chi with my family, actually. Uh, It was online. It was at home. Unfortunately, due to the pandemic, I didn't feel quite safe going out to see it in the movie theaters when it first released. Um, But I remember loving it, watching it with my mom and my brother at home. Well, uh, I remember you said you watched it more than once. Uh, What about the other times? Yes, I I did. I ended up loving the movie so much. I actually watched it three, uh, two more times, so three times in total. Um, Once with my family, my mom and my brother, Huiwei. A second time with my mom, my dad, my brother, Huiwei, and my second brother, Lin Lin. And then a third time with my friends just online. Wow. So you like it. But did you know about this film before it was released in the fall 2021? Yeah. So I actually really love action movies. And I, I watched a lot of Marvel movies in general. I loved you know the whole phase three of it all. So I remember seeing the trailer first dropping back, I believe, um, in April 2019. But I did kind of forget about it until Simu Liu started really um, putting out more advertisements on his Twitter and whatnot. Mm. From your first time to your third time, do you have a something general in terms of uh, your, your, your change of opinions toward this film? Yeah, I think actually each time I watched the movie, I loved it more and more. First time I watched it, I was really entranced by all the action, the martial arts. Um, the second time I watched it, I noticed a lot more in terms of Asian American culture and little quips here and there. I was like, oh, as a person, a part of this community, I understand where, you know, why this is in the film. And the third time when I watched it with my friends, I actually felt comfortable enough to pause the movie and actually explain some things to my friends. Be like, hey, you might not understand this, but here's why it makes sense to us. So, Roro. What would be your favorite scene from the film? Ooh, that's a hard question. I have I have a lot of favorite scenes, but if I had to pick one, I think it's the popular scene that a lot of people know. It's where Shang-Chi is explaining to Katie, his friend, his real name, quote unquote, his Chinese name, which is Shang-Chi and not Sean, and specifically having to say it over and over again to Katie for her to pronounce it correctly. Um, my name is, is Roro Hutchinson, um, but my name spelled out is is Chinese pinyin. So when people first see my name, they're like, oh, is it is it Ruru? Is it Rao Rao? Sometimes when I go to Starbucks, they're like, oh, Ronica. So there, there's a lot of different ways for people to pronounce my name. So when I saw that in the film, I thought to myself, that's exactly how I feel every time I meet someone new as well. 
Wow, this is an interesting thing. I think a lot of people may have a similar experience. But uh, personally, um, how do you think about it when your name is uh, mispronounced? Yeah, I mean, I think it, usually I'm pretty open. I know my name is unique. It's not English. It's Chinese. I'm very proud that it's Chinese. And so I'm really open. I'm happy to say it over and over again for people to correct people and say, no, this is actually how you say my name. Oftentimes, I'll have people think that my name is just Ro and not Roro, thinking that it's a nickname of sorts. But I'm, I'm, I'm really open. I, I hope that by having people say my name correctly, they understand a little bit more of like how to just pronounce things correctly in general, being more open to that. Mm, well, this is interesting. Well, since we talk about the so-called the Chinese-ness now, how do you think about the film in general? Some people call it an Asian-American film or even American film. How would you categorize it? I I think I would categorize Shang Chi as both like an action an an action film that's heavily rooted in Chinese slash Asian American culture. I think beyond the fact that it has had an Asian American director, it had you know a cast full of Asian Americans and cast members and such. It also took the time the whole whole film took the time and crew to really understand and research and put in things in the movie that speak to a very specific audience which in my in my belief was asian americans living in america mm -hmm. so how about the content or the plot of the film in that sense how chinese it is or how chinese american it is yeah i think the movie does a really good job of kind of branching the two like Chinese culture, American culture, and also Asian American culture. I think there's a difference between all three. And I think throughout the movie, you see little bits of it. You see, you know, Chinese culture through Tao Luo, and you, you see it with the animals, the, the mystical animals being brought to life, which had roots in Chinese mythology, which I thought was really cool. You see the nine-tailed fox, you see the guardian lions like brought to life, and I think that was really interesting and, and, and a little hidden gem that if you didn't ha if you didn't have knowledge of Chinese culture, you wouldn't have seen that. I think you also see Asian American culture one like I mentioned before in terms of having to explain your Chinese name to people and how to pronounce it, but also in the comments in the moment where Katie and Sean are going to find his sister, they meet John John who is speaking first in Mandarin to to Sean and Katie, and Katie has to say, "Oh, I, I don't actually speak." you know chinese and he says oh that's okay i speak abc too which for those who may not know that stands for american-born chinese and that in itself is very asian american culture related and that's something that i think asian americans know that term very well and then of course you just have the good old you know san francisco scenes the little things here and there that as a person who lives in america and who's an american understands very well and can relate to you know maybe geographically or cinematography like looking at those things and be like ah yes i understand Mm. So clearly the story, you know, start with China background and then connect to the U.S. In that regard, have you talked with your friends, peers regarding the connection? Because, you know, some other films uh, would either have a China set or somewhere else. But now this goes back and forth. Uh, does that, you know, indicate something to you? Yeah, so when I talk about this films with my friends, I know all of them love it. They loved Shang-Chi, you know, maybe for different reasons, and I, I love the movie. 
But I think there definitely is an understanding of, or a bit more open-mindedness to the fact that almost, or half the dialogue in the movie was in Mandarin and people who don't know Mandarin had to read subtitles or not understanding comments put in the movie that just aren't really related to them or have, you know, connection to them. But they were open to learning about it. They were open to understanding, oh, a movie can still be great even if it's not, you know, in English all the time. A movie can still be great and still be very interesting to watch even if all, you know, the comedy or all of, you know, some of the drama or, you know, things here and there aren't necessarily for them. It's still enjoyable and they're still 100% uh, in support of the movie and all that it stands for. Mm-hmm. Well, now, since we we know that this is not released in China, and there are some different comments from uh, uh, people in China who had the chance to see the movie as well. Uh, have you heard about some other different opinions about this film? Yeah, so I actually had read a New York Times article about that and where the Shang-Chi wasn't like, officially released in mainland China. But it was released in Taiwan, Hong Kong, South Korea, Singapore, and other Asian countries. And from what I read in that article, there was an overwhelmingly positive feedback. People thought that it was a great rewrite of what had originally been a very racist and stereotypical comic written back in the 1960s or 80s. I, I can't quite remember, unfortunately. And that it truly put forth the effort to show just how great Chinese and East Asian culture can be in general without having to make it stereotypical, without having to make it racist, it can still be just as successful. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think this is an important point that the film may want to make, that is to have this direct connection geographically or culturally, as well as a move away from the racist stereotype created by Hollywood or by the Marvels itself through the films like uh, you know, with the f- typical uh, image of uh, Fu Manchu or Johnny mm-hmm. Chen. Yeah, I, in that regard, I think it, at least it, this might be a good intention, but people may still have different opinions given the circumstances. So the the film, h- how do you relate this film to some other films that we still call the Asian American? For example, the Crazy Rich Asians, Farewell, always be my maybe in some other similar films. How do you compare this to them? Yeah. Hmm. I've only, out of the three uh, movies you listed, I've only actually ever seen Crazy Rich Asians. But I think in terms of the film Shang-Chi, obviously it's similar in the fact that it highlights, it stars Asian Americans. It really, like, they don't shy away from the fact that, like, oh, we put a lot of effort into making this, you know, really relatable to the, to Asian Americans. But I think what makes Shang-Chi different, actually, from Crazy Witch Asians, The Farewell, and Always We Might Maybe, is that I believe that Marvel didn't just, like, say our only audience is going to be Asian Americans. I think that with the production of Shang-Chi, they would say, look, we're not going to show, we're not going to fall back on stereotypes or tropes that, you know, might be true. We're going to truly make a superhero, which I think within Hollywood, we generally look at that as, like, a white man a white woman, which even that can, you know, there can still be stereotypes seen there. But we're going to have an Asian American man who can, you know, go through the story, have an actual plot line that doesn't fall back on X, Y, and Z, and be successful that reaches all audiences, not just Asian Americans. Mm-hmm. I agree that this film is uh, 
overall goes along with the trend of creating new images for Asian American films, but it is still quite different from the other ones. For example, Crazy Rich Asians and Always Be My Maybe, in the sense that Shang Chi, this film has this historical burden. <laughs> You know, as we just mentioned, it has to deal with its own business concern and its audience and so on. Yeah, this is a very interesting issue as well. So, regarding the Asian Americanness, what do you think the phenomenon that just in the past couple of years, a number of films emphasizing this Asian Americanness by using full cast of Asians or main actors of Asians or story plot of Asians and so on. How do you understand the overall phenomenon, just based on your experience? I believe that all of these films that are starring Asian Americans, highlighting these stories and doing very well successfully, both commercially and just as a win for those living in those communities, it actually follows a larger movement of just marginalized and underrepresented people wanting more representation and diversity within Hollywood, film, and media in general. I think when we saw Black Panther, actually, when that first came out, we saw many people, including myself, saw that as a huge win of not just having African-American representation beyond, you know, the movies that we might see them in, but just like as superheroes, as people that we can relate to. And, you know, following that, we saw Crazy Rich Asians, which was a beautiful movie and had a great Asian cast that also highlighted stories that was like, hey, Asian Americans are not always just relegated to waitresses or the nerdy sidekick or, you know, the person that is really smart for one thing and then disappears off because you don't really need them. They can be main characters, they can be protagonists, and they can successfully carry the plot line without needing anything else, which I think is amazing and just kind of goes to show that you know, America itself is very diverse. And so our films, our media, Hollywood should should be should be representative and just as diverse as the country itself. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, there are a lot of interesting questions to talk about that. But I, I think we are limited by our time. So Roro, if you don't mind, share a little bit about your personal experience so that your understanding of the film can be in certain context because, you know, as we just mentioned, the people of different background may have a very different take. For example, uh, Shang-Chi still follows the trend that like a Kung Fu, even like a Kung Fu panda goes back to Bruce Lee. That is, Kung Fu is the, the thing that Chinese can do or Chinese American can do rather than some other films. And, you know, we are not just playing Kung Fu. We can also be funny. We can also be artistic and so on. So what I mean is uh, in your own experience, uh, how Asian-ness or Chinese-ness uh, plays the role in the making of your personal identity. Absolutely. So I was born in China back in 2002, and I was adopted in 2006 by two wonderful parents, but both who are white. And so I think that they, though, did an, their absolute best in trying to give me both some idea of my Chinese heritage growing up as well as being American. Of course, it was a bit of a struggle, but I know they did their absolute best. They tried very hard to have me, you know, still learn Mandarin. I was very argumentative. I did, I did, I did stop, but I, re, I started to relearn Mandarin back in high school. And now look at me, I'm in Chinese studies and I speak Mandarin, I would say semi-fluently. But I think with that, gives me a unique perspective of a person who is in two worlds, but also in my own. One that is from mainland China, as I was born there, and I still have connections back. 
but also as an American who grew up with an American family, and then a third as an adopted child who is in both worlds. And so I think that when I see this movie, Shang-Chi, I can see both, like I said before, the very Chinese parts that I see are very, I have a great connection to those who are from mainland China, like, oh, I or know their Chinese culture very well, or know their Chinese heritage, like, ah, yes, I see that. I see the ABG comments, I see the Mandarin, I see little things like that. I'm like, ah, that is for the Asian American. And then I also see the parts that are just for the Americans, where I'm like, ah, I also get that. Because as a child from China, but also having this American understanding, I think I'm really lucky to have this trifecta, uh, as you will, of of perspectives to see and, and experience the movie in. Mm, wow, wonderful. Thank you. Well, Rora, do you remember if there was a particular event or moment that made you suddenly realize your Chineseness? You know, I know many kids, even my own, uh, when they grew up, they, when they were little, they thought, we were not Chinese, we were American, because we were born in America. And then later they would realize, oh, yes, I am Chinese as well. So what about you? Yeah, I think there are many moments in my life where I took a very firm stance on what I considered to be Chinese and how I considered myself to be Chinese. But I think the best moment would be ninth grade of high school and then 10th grade of high school. In ninth grade of high school, I obviously had just graduated middle school. I was like, oh, I'm a teenager now. I'm super independent. And I realized I had so many things I wanted to keep doing that I re- I'd stopped doing when I was younger. And one of those things was speaking Mandarin. Um, and part of that also came out of the fact that my foster parents in China, you know, very frequently we'd chat my mom and she would show me the messages and I would have no idea what they were saying. And I felt really ashamed that as a person from China, I didn't know the language that I grew up speaking before coming to America and that I couldn't connect back to the people that had taken care of me while living in China. So that was the first moment that I really realized, okay, as a Chinese person, I need to do better and I need to reconnect back to the language and also more of my heritage that, again, my, my American parents did very worked very hard to give me, but I was very stubborn and, and did not listen. And the second time was when I actually legally changed my name within the state of California from um, my American given name by my parents to officially Roto Hutchinson. My Chinese name is uh, Yang Shuro. And for the longest time, and in fact, when I was adopted, I was going by Roro. And, you know, my mom often tells a funny story where she says that when she tried to introduce me to people or she'd call me by my old name, I would say to her in Chinese and in English, you American, why are you calling me by this name? I'm, my name is Roro. You know, I don't, I don't uh, respond to anything else. And I had grown up the enti- my entire life just using Roro, a fit, you know, on my name, on my name tags and schools and such. But I didn't, never really thought to officially change it. But in sophomore year of high school and tenth grade, I really thought to myself, I am not this other name. I really don't know who that person is. I don't like it when I have to write that name down for official documents. I really want to change my name back to Roro because that's who I am. And like I said before, that was a connection back to who I was as a Chinese person. It is, you know, the second character of my of my Chinese first name doubled. It's a nickname. I, you know, went by it when I was in China. I still go by it now. Um, and so my mom helped me gather the materials and the documents, and I had officially changed it um, in May of 2018. And Honestly, I've never felt happier. Wow. Well, thank you, Rora, for sharing these wonderful uh, stories. I think, uh, you know, it's unique of your 
personal experience, but may also be a kind of a representative of people with a similar background of your generation. Well, Roro, before we finish our conversation, I think I would like to touch upon the other, another question, that is the film Shang-Chi and the Asian-American or Chinese-American experience in the U.S., Given the particular social historical moment, pandemic, and the anti-API movement right now, do you think a film like Shang-Chi or a Crazy Rich Asian would help the society understand Asian American culture? Or are there some other things that, that can make the public understand better about the Asian American experience? I think that Crazy Rich Asians and all of the other wonderful Asian American films, and, and including Shang-Chi, have done a great job of putting Asian Americans forth as, you know, regular people and superheroes and like everyone else within America. I think, like you said, during the pandemic, there had been a lot of villa, uh, villainization, vilification of Asian Americans and, and their role, specifically Chinese Americans, um, in their role of, you know, spreading the pandemic, quote unquote, um, and that these movies have shown, nope, Asian Americans within America, we are unique. We are not like that. We are just like you. We have our, you know, our, obviously our own culture and we have our community, but we are still at the core of it American, just like every American um, within the United States. I will say, though, I think the one little caveat I would have about these movies is that because they're still, I, in my personal opinion, I still don't think there's enough Asian American representation um, as actors or directors or even as storytellers within Hollywood at large, that I am sometimes afraid that people, when they watch these movies such as Crazy Rich Asians and Shang-Chi, that they start to think that this is the only representation or the only positive representation that, you know, for an Asian American movie to do well, it has to have, you know, like you said, uh, Gong Fu, it has to be martial arts related, or it, you know, has to be about the rich and luxurious life of Asian Americans, not only in America, but just Asians around the world. I, I, I you know, I hope that with more stories that come forward that get put on, you know, the blockbuster screen and get shared across, you know, not only America, but around the globe, we see that Asian Americans can be in any role and do just as well. We don't have to stick to um, what, you know, is successful. We can also branch out. We can be creative. We can be unique. Um, and that is just what makes, I believe, our community just as special. Well, I think, Roro, you made an excellent point. While we are trying to break the old stereotype, we may also cause some uh, new stereotype. So we have to be careful about that. Yes. And think it. Uh, you know, all efforts are uh, clear that the previous uh, stereotypes were really trying to other Asian Americans. But the efforts now is to, to make the point that uh, we are all Americans, no matter what color or what background. I think uh, uh, this is what we learned through this uh, uh, anti-racist uh, efforts in the past uh, particularly in the past few years. Uh, so, yeah, I thank you for making that wonderful point. So, Roro, before we finish, do you have anything you want to add to this conversation? I mean, we've, we definitely covered a lot for this conversation. Thank you, of course, for your very thoughtful questions. If anything, I think the last thing I'd add is that I hope that Shang-Chi is just the beginning 
and that we will have, you know, many more Asian American, Asian uh, representation in film and, and in media in general, not only just on the big screen, but also, you know, on the news channel, on podcasts like this one, on radios, where we're able to share such stories and more. Thank you. Well, this is a, obviously uh, an excellent conversation and intriguing. So thank you, Roro. Yellow and Brown Tales, Asian American Folklife Today is a podcast that is supported by the Asian American Studies Program at the University of Pennsylvania in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania.